0: Welcome back to another episode of the Rotten Apple Sports Podcast. This is your boy, Larry. As always, I'm joined by my guys, Will and Los. And today, we got some great fucking news. Great news. Thanksgiving weekend just finished. I hope everybody enjoyed themselves. The Mets made a splash over the weekend. We got Starlin Marte. We got Mark Conha. We got Eduardo Escobar. But today, we landed the big fish. The man that said he didn't want to play in New York at the trade deadline just signed a three-year, $130 million contract to come to Queens and strike motherfuckers out. To really understand New York sports, you gotta breathe it, live it, experience it. Whether you're watching the Grom strike out batters at City Field, or watching Randall Barrett and the Knicks at the Garden, heck, even watching KD Kyrie or Harden drop 50 in Brooklyn. Whether you're a Yankees fan, Rangers fan, Giants fan, Jets fan, or even an Islanders fan, there's one thing they all got in common. They represent this city, just like this podcast does. Rotten Apple Sports. Tune in. Welcome, my guys. How y'all doing? How y'all feeling about Max Scherzer putting
1: on a Mets jersey? In the immortal words of Rick Flair, Woo! What an exciting day to be a Met fan. I remember here a few pods ago, I told Meth fans to calm themselves that the Steve Cohen era was a different era. It was a different, it was a different life for us, us Met fans. Everything was going to change. A few weeks ago, everybody was in panic because nobody wanted a GM job. They weren't signing anybody. In the span of 72 hours, the Mets have changed the outlook of the franchise completely. Max Serger is a big fish, and Steve Cohen is a big fish hunter, and he got his guy. Los, I know you are as passionate as I am. How do you feeling, my man? I feel
2: great. I stood up all night, refreshing every five minutes. I had crust coming out of my eyes in the morning, was sleeping on like three or four hours. I really thought they were going to get it done yesterday. I got nervous this morning. You know, I hit you up immediately talking about what's taking so long. I had flashbacks to Bauer last year, how he was using us. And you know, when it happened, it it was so it was so crazy. I was at work, I wanted to go crazy, but I had mad people around me. But it was a it was a great moment. And you know what? I gotta say, fuck Buster Oni and fuck all those guys like that who've been doing nothing but shitting on the mess for two weeks, shitting on. Cohen and his tweets, nobody wants to come here. Uh, you know, everybody's laughing at the Mets and everything. I know I know they're not laughing now. And I know a lot of owners who are cheap who have to look at their team payroll and their payroll is less or like a million or $2 million more than Scherzer himself. Again, real nervous right now. So the guy came in, he did his thing. And, you know, this is, this is all him. This is him. This is his money. He came in, he said the money's gonna be there, and the money was there. And from what I'm hearing from what I'm hearing from you, what I'm hearing from people, the money's still there. How much money? We don't know. We don't care. It's just a great moment, man. The Mets acted like the Yankees have the last 10 years, the last, last, the last 20 years. years. You know? <laughs> so I love it. I'm nothing, just gonna nothing. stop for a second.
0: Not for nothing, just to see the Mets behave like a big market team for the first time in my entire life was a beauty. Like, granted, we, you know, we had a squad like 15 years ago, but what, Carlos Beltran and Pedro Martinez were the only real highly paid guys. Like, and salaries were totally different back then. Max Serger just got the highest AAV in MLB history, by far. Garrett Cole had the record at like 36 mil, I believe. Scherzer's at, I think it's approximately like 43 mil a year.
1: Mm-hmm. 43 million.
0: Billy Epler, shout out to Billy Epler. He is king. He is the king of the National League. I don't care about nothing. Fuck a general, I mean, fuck a pre- president of baseball operations, we got Billy Epler. If we get stairs next year, even better. But right now, we got Billy. Billy ain't playing. All we need is a general. I was about to say general manager. He is the general manager. All we need is a manager of the team right now, basically. And I'm good. Like, if the off-season ended today, I wouldn't lose any sleep. I would be disappointed that Baez isn't going to be wearing a Mets uniform, but we could talk about that later. But this off-season. Has been a roller coaster. If you were on Twitter, you were going through hell with the way that these reporters talk about the Mets and all the speculation that was going on. Uh, we talked about it last week with Stephen Matts. Well, Steve Matts spurning us and going somewhere else after saying that he wanted to come back. Same thing happened with Noah Syndergaard. And all I can say is fuck both of y'all. We got Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherz motherfuckers. We don't need y'all. We don't. I don't care what the rest of the rotation looks like. If these two are healthy, we have the best one-two punch since, in my opinion, Roy Halladay and Cliff Lee on the Phillies. I think that this has the – I know Serge is like 37. He dealt with the dead arm issues late last year. And to be honest, I'm not really worried about that. I feel like this duo is going to be better than the kershaw Grinky duo a few years ago. And if Tyler McGill pitches anywhere close to the way he pitched last year, he's a, he's a guy that went under the radar last year. We'll be fine, man. Our team is looking good. They bolstered the defense. The lineup looks a lot more impressive than it did coming into the season last year. As long as we get Robin, get rid of Robinson Cano, life is 12. As long as we get <laughs> rid of the
1: Keiger, bro. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm going to tell you something. Those two guys in a rotation, in a series, that you, that any team has to come face the Mets it is, is something nobody wants to see. And I said it a few weeks ago. Everybody was bashing Steve Cohen for being on Twitter. Everybody was bashing the team. and It was LOL Mets because nobody you couldn't get a general manager. It was LOL Mets, Sandy Alderson. I told people, let the guy do his job. He was successful in business for a reason. Let him do what he has to do. Get the people in place, and then let's get the ball rolling. As soon as Billy Appler came here, and I told you guys, the guy's a well-respected baseball guy. We were getting with somebody who knew what he was doing. He had his pants on. He was ready to go. And most people laughed at it. Laughed at it. They said, "Oh, Billy Appler, that's the last guy." He's the he's, he may have been the last guy, but he's the first guy today. And most people laughed and made fun of the Mets a few weeks ago and said, "Whoa, what a joke! Nobody wants to go there. That's a clown show. Who's the clown now? Who's the clown now?" And I told a lot of you to control yourselves because everything was a joke about the Mets and everything was, you know, the Mets. Nobody wants your money. You know who wants our money? Max Scherzer. And you know who's here? Max Scherzer and Jacob Degrom. And I, I, I put any, I put those two against. Anybody in baseball come to city field now, it's your worst nightmare when those two step on in a series one, two. And, and the, the, the thing about that is, the thing about that is, Steve's pockets are wide open, and that scares everybody else because he has unlimited funds. The guy does not care, he's a fan like us, crazy like us, and you know what he got that we don't got them. them that's why he owns the team, a lot of money, and that scares a lot of people because now he's a fan with money. So now every, every, every player that he sees that he wants, we're going to go get. People haven't put on notice. And I was telling fans a few weeks ago to control themselves because what was coming was a, a major storm. And that storm is in the city field. And now you're going to have to reckon with us rabid animal fans who know who just dying for this for years. We had cheap Pond and his bullshit corny son running the team. With all the fucking jokes and all the sexual harassment and all the other shit that was going on with the team. Not no more. You know why we in the press now? Because we spend the money. And we got big time players. And a lot of Yankee fans are upset today because their team right now is looking like the Pittsburgh Pirates the sleep at the wheel. And that gets people upset. But You know what? We don't give a fuck. Welcome to your worst nightmare. Because this is... In franchise history, it may sound overblown. This is one of the biggest days in the franchise history. You know why? Because a top free agent chose the Mets. He said, I'm coming over there. I want to play with those guys. I want to pitch with that. I want that guy as my owner. Oh, he gave him 43 million dollars. You gotta pay to play, right? And he paid. Asked the Dodgers why they didn't pay. Ask the other teams why they didn't pay, right? Because he wanted to play. And now here we go. Here we go.
0: Yo, bro, I'm I'm fucking ecstatic, man. Like I I can't really put into words how excited I am about this season after this move. But all I keep thinking about is a potential playoff run. And anybody that has to go game one, DeGrom, game two, Scherzer, it don't even matter who you got to face in game three, bro. You're probably already going to be demoralized.
1: You're probably going to be down 0-2 in a short game series. It might not even matter. And then you think about this
0: when you look at Scherzer right and the and the every time he gives up runs more often than not it's a home run he's coming he's going to play half of his games hopefully potentially half of his starts are going to come in city field which is a pitcher's part. so we shouldn't have to worry too much about that imagine Scherzer and like oh my god like just thinking about those two I ain't going to lie. If this was a few years ago and we had like a healthy Noah Syndergaard, I'd feel like we'd be the most unstoppable team in the world. But there's one thing I kept thinking about today. Looking at the Scherzer deal, I can't help but feel like if we had, if Steve Cohen would have bought the team when he originally tried to buy the team, Garrett Cole would be a part of our pitching rotation right
1: now. Probably. Probably because that's like he showed today. He, He, there's no there's not a limited funds he, whatever the he this is this is the thing that people weren't understanding he just wanted his team in place where he had a GM that he can say listen go do your work and come back and let me sign whatever you need me to sign let me sign the checks and that's all he wanted to do and he and he came, he came through he promised that a few years ago and he came through with what he said he was going to do he talked
0: about sustained success right we signed four free agents so far, by my count. Three of the four, the contracts only for two, three years. That's that's Starlin that's- Marte. Starlin Marte is the only one that has a four-year deal. Scherzer got a three-year deal. The Mets got Scherzer. Thibodeau finally kicked Kemba to the fucking curb. Nothing else matters, bro. I got my wishes. The net. The Mets got better. Kemba's halfway out the fucking door. Life is
2: good. The, the only thing stopping Cohen is the damn CBA. The C- CBA that's, lockout. If it wasn't really for it. that, he would have kept going. Yo, that's isn't gonna- it
0: beautiful to see the Mets behave like this? in the? And then it's like, all right, this is all three of our favorite baseball team. And this is the one sport that you don't have to worry about a salary cap. Exactly. And you the can go Mets- get whoever you want. The Mets have been a big market team forever, but been acting like bitches under the wheel Ponds. Mm -hmm. And now we have the richest owner who's actually spending. Everybody was going crazy because he didn't spend like this last year as soon as he walked in the door. And he had every reason not to. You got to see what you got. You got to understand the way the business works over here. And then you figure out how to maneuver through all the
1: bullshit. And and listen, from what I've been told, he told sandy last year besides lindor which was a trade and and you know when you have an asset like that you go get because we had you know we have to to, to go get he's there you have to go get him he's a an and then player. you
0: gave up not for nothing like i wasn't very high on rosario but you gave up a lot to get lindor
1: yeah 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 you did but what what, what steve told sandy was besides lindor We have to look at this roster to see what we have here. We can't, I can't just add to this nucleus because I haven't been here. So I need to see it myself to see what's going on. Because remember, as a fan and as a minority owner, he got to see the team and the flaws, but he told them, I need to see it myself to see what's going on. And that's why you see, and a lot of people like, oh, why we don't sign Strowman again? Why we don't sign this guy? Why we don't? Listen. Stuff happened in that locker room last year that was not good, and this they needed a culture change. They they had they would you know they had the the inmates running the asylum, and Cohen was not happy, and he said this is not going to happen under my watch. All right, got to go.
0: I'm sorry to cut you off, but speaking of things happening in the locker room last year, is Jeff McNeil and the Raccoon going to be on the roster next season or? Is he or is he getting traded before the season starts?
1: I said it months ago on a pod. are not big fans of Jeff McNeil. He had a nasty attitude. Yeah, from what I was,
0: sorry, from what I was reading, you can confirm this to me or not because, you know, you plugged in. But from what I was reading a couple months ago, when they finally broke the news that it actually was a fight, like we all thought. Jeff McNeil was being a little bitch on the field. Like, he didn't want to listen to the manager or Lindor when they were doing defensive shifts and everything. And that's why there was a lot of bonehead plays happening because he wasn't getting in the position they were telling him to be in. So that's why I was like, hold on, maybe he won't be here next year. And now, not for nothing, like, I'm not trying to shit on him because I still think he's better than um Eduardo. But he's looking more like a platoon player than a regular everyday player now.
1: He's not going to start here unless Baez gets traded. I mean, Baez doesn't sign. If Baez doesn't sign, he might, you know, they may plug him at second base. And now then how have Escobar here, play third.
0: Now, here's my, my second question regarding that. Do we see Baez up the middle with Lindor or does Baez move to third and they put Escobar at second?
1: No, Escobar will be playing third. It'll it'll be by Baez is going to get signed. He's going to be the second baseman because the whole reason he'll sign here is to play up the middle with with Lindor. That's the only reason why he would be here.
0: Well, he did say that he'd be willing to play third base for Lindor.
1: You know, in a... But but it would
0: be better, in my opinion, I think he's better. Like, I like his arm at third, but his range and his glove, shit. I tell Lindor he got to play second and put Javi at shortstop. Good.
1: And their chemistry, you know, they've played together for so long, like, outside of, besides the Mets, they play on the Puerto Rican national team, they play when they were young, so they've had chemistry up the middle, the Mets are not going to want to mess with that, when Escobar can play third, and he's good at playing third base, the McNeil is an issue, you know, the Mets are going to look to trade McNeil, that's not and a secret. And he's dealt
0: with some injuries the last couple of years, too.
1: Yeah, and the thing is that McNeil's attitude last year rubbed people the wrong way. There's a lot of people in that locker room that put on a, a happy face because, you know, they're leaders in the clubhouse, but he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Not only not only Lindor, he rubbed some higher-ups the wrong way, some, you know, hitting coaches the wrong way. It wasn't just Lindor's situation. There was a lot of stuff going on in that locker room last year that a lot of people wouldn't say in public, but he rubbed people the wrong way, and it just didn't start last year. It started during the pand- pandemic season where it was shortened. He was frustrated. He wasn't hitting as much. Towards the end, he got hurt. You know, it, it was a lot. It was a lot of stuff going on. He felt slighted when the Mets brought Lindor in here, which doesn't the, make sense because they don't even play the same fucking position. You know what it is? A lot of these guys, it, they're not built to have. When you know, there's an alpha male. You know, when somebody walks into the clubhouse, you know that's a superstar. You see him walking in the clubhouse. A lot of guys are intimidated by that kind of thing. And Lindor, he has the, you know, the he had He's a leader, leader, automatically a leader. When he walks in, the guys were, you know, the, all the guys were, you know, what's going on? What's going on? Hey, what's up? What's up? Everybody was, and, Lin, and McNeil was the one a little bit, you know, to his side. I don't want to, not too much. I don't want to, and then it got to a point, like you said, in the game against Arizona, Lindor told him, yo, we got to shift over here. And he said, oh, I'm not shifting. He said, yo, we have to shift. They hit a ball, and he went to flip it, and McNeil wasn't there. So as they're walking out down the clubhouse, McNeil says something, to Lindor, Lindor said, "Fuck you!" I told you to shift. He tells you, "What did you? What did you say?" I said, "Fuck you!" He grabs him by the shirt
0: and hand up him up on the wall. Him.
1: He hand him up and punched him in his face. So there was a there was a problem there as they were getting together, and that's the kind of stuff the Mets wanted out of here because not only that, that was not only McNeil, Stroman. You know, he he was a little bit too boisterous. He wanted to overstep certain things, especially when the manager was saying something. Then in the press conference, Strowman would say something else. It, that kind of stuff, Cohen was watching, and he said they, they have to clean that up.
0: Not for nothing, though. I don't knock Strowman for, for those um, moments, though, because Rojas was fucking clueless half the season. And... I I genuinely felt like he deserved the chance. He did good in the minor leagues. He worked his way up to having that opportunity. But time and time again, whether it was during the pandemic season that I refused to acknowledge or when it was last year, his in-game management was just so mind-boggling and confusing. The way he would pull pitchers the decisions he was making throughout the game was just unacceptable behavior. So I'm okay with Stroman speaking out. And I love Stroman mostly because he's so fucking swaggy, like getting on the mound with a do rag on so electrifying, showing his personality, whether he's in the press conference, on the field, in the clubhouse. I love Stroman. Do I want to pay him what he wants? No. But again, it ain't my wallet though. So I ain't really (laughs) worried. But at the same time, if you pay that man to be gone, it's crazy. It's crazy to, to even think about paying your third your third best pitcher that much money. But you got to do what you got to do. I'm cool with them bringing Strowman back. I'm cool with them getting rid of McNeil. I'm cool with them getting rid of Rojas. But everything you just said leads me to believe this is why we need David Wright to run our, our team. You bring in someone like David Wright, who was the owner of the fucking clubhouse. Like everybody listened to everything he said. And he was just their teammate.
1: That's now why I'm a he's proponent. a guy. That's why I'm a proponent of of, of giving Carlos Beltran another shot. Because I'm, I'm definitely
0: cool him. with that. I'm definitely cool with that. But I also wonder what the optics would be. And you know how the New York media is. If the Mets blow out a team 20 to one, Beltran got us cheating. (laughs) Like it's going to come. It's always going to come back to that just because it's New York. Nobody's talking about that shit in Boston anymore. Most of the, most of the baseball world that doesn't hate the Astros doesn't care about that season, but because it's New York, and because Beltran was one of two people to get in trouble, two players to get in trouble for that. No, he was the only player that got in that they acknowledged. I'm bugging it. He was the only player that was like reprimanded, not even reprimanded, because the what's the right word? He wasn't really penalized, but he was the only name that came up in those reports as far as the players go, from what I remember.
2: And he only and that only happened because he retired already. So they didn't want to. They didn't want to get
1: none of the active players in trouble. It was just him. He took the fall. He took the bullet, man. I think, like I like I said, I, to me, it was a personal choice. I would love to see Carlos come back and redeem himself. I mean, they, the Mets have the roster and they have the veterans now. If you look at the team, this is a veteran laden team now. Well, what do you think about of, this?
0: Of, what do you think about this? David Wright as the manager and Beltran as the bench coach. Or vice versa. With, or vice David, versa. Either way.
1: The thing with David, I don't even think David interested. I think I think David don't want nothing to do with baseball. That's why he moved out to California and went far, far away from all of this. I think he don't want nothing to do with managing and the day by day of having. Plus, he just had a, a baby not too long ago. He probably wants to be home. Not. I, I don't
0: think. another kid.
1: I don't think. I don't think David. Kid
0: wants, rivers. <laughs> I
1: don't. Think, I don't think David wants to deal with that. That's why I'm telling you. I think if if go, if push comes to shove, I think at this point, just tell come bring Beltran in. Give him give him whatever bench coach he wants. You know, with experience and and let's go, man. Come on, why not?
0: Do you think that they even consider Beltran as a candidate? Did has there sh- any? Has there yeah. been any talks behind the scenes about possibly bringing Beltran in?
1: I know one one name I told Carlos today was. Mike Schilt. Mike Schilt from the Cardinals, the Mets are going to give him a call. I this heard. He's the guy
0: that just got fired,
1: right, recently? Yeah, but he's a respected baseball didn't guy. Didn't he win manager of the year?
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, He's he's a guy that, not for nothing, the Cardinals didn't do right by him his first few years there.
1: Man, they, it wasn't until
0: I, recently that they that tried to weird, do it. That was a
1: weird, a weird firing to me because that's a guy that took the Cardinals, who were dead last year, and all the way, you know, they they they, they made noise in the playoffs. If it, it wasn't because the Dodgers, me. if it wasn't because the Dodgers hit those home runs and eliminated them, that was a team that won how many games in a row at the end of the year? They won a lot of games in a row. Almost. The Cardinals, 20, I think. Yeah, the Cardinals were a good. You know, they were. They, they weren't a bad baseball team. What, it reminds what, me of...
0: Sorry, good.
1: No, I'm saying but what he's given, you know, in that rotation, the fact that he won that many games to end the season and make the playoffs is an accomplishment in itself.
0: It reminds me of when the Denver Nuggets fired George Carl. Fresh off of winning coach of the year. How
2: about the Raptors? They fired... Um, Wayne Casey, right? Yeah, they fired him when he won, too. Not for know, nothing
0: though, bro. The writing was on the wall for Casey for years, and it's only because he could never make it out the first round, bro. I think he made it out the first round like one time his entire time in Toronto.
1: But L- Los, listen. Bra- if, if we had a chance to this. pick, if you had a chance to pick a manager, like, are we gonna go a young fresh mind, or we're gonna go with a a, a veteran? What do you think?
2: I have always wanted to go veteran because I feel like the Met roster from last year needed it. Problem is, and it's not a bad problem, it's a good problem. The Mets are changing the roster. So they're getting rid of some guys. of the the bad apples. Yeah, a bunch of veteran guys. They don't really need they don't really need a buckshow, Walter. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. I don't know who's it gonna be, but the the pool of people interested just got bigger because they see what the mess are doing now. And I was like, damn, I could coach, I can manage DeGrom, I can manage Scherzer. God knows who else they're gonna bring in. You know, it makes the job a little easier. It's not, it's, this is not the Terry Collins roster that came in with a bunch of kids. Shout or, out or to or Terry Collins. Like <laughs> yeah, Terry Collins, you know, he, you know. Talking about a guy who came in and had to eat shit for like five years before they gave him a decent roster, the new manager, whoever it is, is not, shouldn't have that problem. So it's it's a job people are actually gonna want to take now.
1: And to me, to this me, this lockout no, only helped to, me. To me, I I I I was in the same mind frame as you, but like you know, getting a veteran guy. But that was before, like you said, before they made these moves, and then I was a veteran laden team with veteran guys here. To me, I would like a younger manager because I feel like regardless of what happens three, four, five years from now, it's somebody that could build with the team, that could be here, you know, for a few years and build a culture. You know, uh, to about, me, that, that, that would be my, my choice. How about the guy from the Yankees?
0: Now here's my thing. Fuck the Yankees and everybody on there. At well, the Yankees,
2: that he was on the Yankees and he was with the, the Astro. Astros. Joe Espada. Yeah, Espada. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. Look, Astros, here, a, here's
0: a here's my take on that question: young, young, fresh face or veteran guy? That is probably the most difficult decision that the Mets are gonna have to make this offseason after all these roster changes. Cause when you look at the roster, right? You like you guys said, all these veterans and everything, right? You can't bring in a fresh face guy with no experience and expect the team to respect him and listen to him straight out the gate and buy into his philosophies. If you're going to bring in a fresh face, it has to be a former player. It has to be. You have to bring in somebody who's been there, done that. It can't be some middle of the pack player who never really accomplished much in his career, whether it's individually or as a team. That's why someone like Beltran would be perfect. He's been to the World Series. He's made deep playoff runs. He's had MVP caliber seasons. He played through different eras of baseball. So he would actually make sense. Also, if you're going to bring in a young guy, he can't be white. Because he will not be able to relate to this roster. Now, if you have an older guy, that still somewhat applies. But it's a little different because an older guy has more life experience and understands that you have to respect and embrace all these different cultures in the, in the clubhouse. Now, if you go with the older guy, right, you can't bring in a Tony LaRusa type. There's too much personality on this team. You have to bring in someone who's okay with the player show. You need a dusty Baker type older guy,
1: Exactly. That's how
0: I a, was Dave, a, David the- Ro- a David Robertson type Uh owner guy like it has to be someone who embraces culture someone who embraces the fun part of the game that understands that all those unwritten rules are bullshit yeah bullshit you respect your opponent you respect the game but have fucking fun out there and show that you're having fun show your personality because that's gonna be so crucial for this Mets team especially if they bring Baez back the energy that players like Lindor and Baez bring, we haven't had that since Jose Reyes. Exactly. Like that shit is infectious. So it's too. It's tough for me. It like it really all depends on
2: the exact candidate. How, and how that's about Ron why that, Washington? Who? Ron Washington. I know Will got his you know feelings on that. But he's respected, older guy. But the Braves guys
1: love him. You know what? You and know what? Look, I said from a, Oakland, you're They right. talk about him. You know, you're right, Los. You're right. You're right. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you this. I'm gonna give you this. A few weeks ago, I might have said something about Ron, and I, you know, I, I want to take that back because uh, I hurt myself and I felt like I, I, you know, I crossed the line in a sense, and I apologize. I'm a man, and I know when I say things, when I'm wrong. Looking at what you say, Atlanta's built the culture with younger guys like Wacuna and Albies and them that they let them play. So Ron knows now, you know, he's he, he's had enough time to sit away from the, from the big chair and see how the game has changed. And you see how the guys respect him. I think Ron Washington would be a good bridge gap for the Mets, you know? Three or four years here, get us to where we got to go, groom somebody young so they could take over the job later on. So... I'm, I'm on board for, for Ron Washington as doing background check and, and, you know, calling around the last 10 days about it. I, I've, I've come to the realization that he would be a, 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 a good candidate because he has changed. And what I heard, he is, is a three, complete 360 from his time in Texas. And he's, he's really embraced, you know, the, the analytics and all that stuff for the game. People like him. He's a well-respected guy. So I think that would that also, if you're gonna go in between a veteran guy who has now embraced analytics and is and is willing to open up, Ron Washington would be would be that guy. So it, it would you be a good talking, choice
0: You started talking about embracing the analytics, and all I thought about was Carlos Beltran again.
1: <laughs>
0: because he's the he was the guy that was the bridge between the analytics department and the clubhouse in Houston. And that's a, that was one of the major reasons why the Mets brought him in to be the manager. He knows the game. And it's like what Chili Davis was saying the other day in that interview he had recently. You have to be able to embrace the analytics, but understand analytics isn't everything. Luis Rojas was an analytics is everything kind of manager. And I'm not sure if that was entirely just his philosophy or if He was getting pressure from the front office because Zach Scott is clearly an analytics guy, but it it doesn't matter what sport it is. Advanced stats or any statistic only means, but so much if you're not combining it with
1: the eye test, you got to get a feel from the game.
0: Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, you can
1: talk about, you could talk about like,
0: everybody keeps talking about Mark Conha's OBP. But how is he actually getting on base? People were in love with with, um, Edwin Diaz and was talking about all his advanced stats, but overlooked the fact that he had absolutely no control and guys were just swinging at pitches. Like, there there has to be a middle ground. And if Ron Washington has embraced it the way you say and. He's willing to look for that middle ground, then sure, bring him in for an interview. But as of right now, I'd much rather have the guy from St. Louis or Beltran.
2: It's a defense that gets me a little. Oh, but that's
0: why I said if he's RDH, I don't ever want to see Gary Sanchez behind the plate in a Mets uniform, ever in my life. I might stop watching baseball for a little while if that
2: happens. You, you know the, the Mets almost signed him. Um, at a out at of DR, he signed with the Yankees, but he almost signed with the Mets before, you know? So it's crazy to think well, about. Well, good him. thing he didn't. Now,
0: my only concern, <laughs> my only concern regarding going after guys that only played for the Yankees is that the Yankees' ballpark is a hitter's ballpark. And I've seen it too many times in my life as a Mets fan where they go out and get someone who hit 1,000 home runs in a hitter-friendly ballpark and then bring them over here.
1: The, the thing with Gary is I don't think that's even the, the case with just Yankee Stadium. I think he hits the ball hard and far anywhere he hits it.
0: I feel so you, I think, but we're still talking about City Field, where time and time again we've seen power hitters be humbled.
1: You know, as an option, because like I said, Cano's going to be the D.H., He's the, he's scheduled to be the DH. He and I know we don't like it. Oh, I know, listen, my listen, guys, God. listen, he's gonna be the DH. Jesus. He's not going nowhere. I'm, I'm, right. I, I'm this is breaking news on the Rotten Apple Sports podcast. Kano is gonna be the 2022 opening day designated hitter. He's not going anywhere. There's no buyout, there's no cutting him, there's no sending him to, to Japan. He's gonna be the Mets designated hitter in 2022. Just letting you guys know now, so you guys can get you know get get used to that notion. Okay, Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Somebody some steroids and send it to him on Amazon, please. It's not why the Mets sent him back from the Dominican because they're treating him to make sure everything is good because he's gonna go to Port Saint Lucie as the designated hitter. No, but no, th- man. Listen, I don't, the, I don't, I don't the, thing, the thing is that look, Billy Epler has a relationship with Robinson Cano. You guys understand this is this is how everything works now. They re- They've known each other for many years, and. Cano, like I said, Cano has spoken to Lindor. He has spoken to these guys. There's a there's a camaraderie there. He's a veteran. Regardless of listen, let's not but oh, will no, he, he will. have
0: the respect? He to will go by he's, the
1: book. He will and not he's be spoke, a fucking cheater. He's have listen, guys. Let's be honest. Come on. Let, let's be serious. Let's be fucking serious. Who doesn't cheat in Major League Baseball? Uh, guys are scuffing the Jacob fucking. The the ground. Guys are scuffing the ball. They had the sticky tack and all that stuff. When we were growing up in the mid '90s, guys were taking all type of stuff, the cocaine, all type of stuff, and we we had um, no problem Let him take whatsoever. the
2: cocaine. That's better than the steroids, bro. The hey, if he's day, gonna be, if he's gonna be, if he's
0: gonna be sniffing cocaine at his locker and coming out and hitting home runs, I'm all for it. But you you can't be. No, nah, I'm joking. Don't do that. I'm joking. <laughs>
1: We're not but, condoning that, guys. We're yeah, not I, I'm that, not here. gonna condone drug use.
0: That was a joke. But like yo, bro, like I get what you're saying, bro. But you, you can't keep getting caught cheating. You can't. Like, obviously, for him, he
1: gets caught keep cheating one more time. He's done. He's fucked. That's what I'm trying to life. tell you. The, to but, the Mets, it, listen, to the Mets is we're gonna let him have his chance. At the end of the day, look what happens. He gets banned, like the third time that he gets caught, he doesn't get paid anymore. So that salary is off the hook, off the books. At the end of the day, this is on him. This is not on the Mets. This is on him. Because worst case scenario, like I told you, he gets caught again and he's gone. The Mets are off the hook. That that's some, that's money we don't got to worry about. So to them, it's like it's on you now. This is your future. And like I, like I told you, if if you can put if you could put if you could can put Cano, that like the canoe that we had.
0: Don't say don't say that we had cuz I was just about to bring that up. Now I'm going to cut you off. In 156 games with the Mets. 156 games with the Mets. Cano is batting 275 with a 321 OBP, a 463 slugging percentage and a 784 OPS with 23 home runs. 23 home
2: runs. Most of the fan base, I think, uh, agrees with you. But at the end of the day, it's it's a lot of money just to send his ass home, you know? I
0: feel you. That's $40 million they got to eat. Now, now, let me ask you a question. If you had to take a wild guess, how many extra base hits do you think Cano has in his uh, two years, 156 games, 605 played appearances against um, as a New York man? 50? He has exactly 60 extra base hits. Los, I don't know if you remember, but when they first traded for Cano and Edwin Diaz, I lost my fucking mind.
2: But you know what? Like Will said, like we said from the beginning, if there's any uh, owner who can work around the contract situation and all that, it's Cohen. So let's see what they do. Because, you know, you're not going to have a perfect roster. And if they can get anything out of him, is is I guess for them is better than getting nothing. So I can't argue with an owner who doesn't want to just throw away money like that. Because we say, oh, you know, you got unlimited funds, but I wouldn't be giving away forty million dollars for somebody to stay home and do nothing. Or to, go and to and a, like to you the, said, Lo, if
1: you can get any production out of Cano in the designated hitter spot, yeah, that's already. I, I, a, I don't have to agree with it, but I understand it. You know? It's understandable. Like you said, we can't just eat that money and then have him go home for a few years. It it, it doesn't make any sense. You got to get some type of value out of it.
2: But you know what, guys? I was hoping, and even though, you know, Baez doesn't look like he might be coming back, I'm still into tonight and tomorrow. I'm still hoping to get that tweet that says Baez re-upped with the Mets. Uh, in my heart of hearts, I think there's going to be better offers out there and I can't get mad at him if he takes a better offer, but I just think the relationship with Lindor and, you know, how towards the end him and the fans, you know, there was a mutual understanding and it happened with Piazza too when Piazza got here, he was in like 320 and getting booed if he got if he, if he he made a big out in a big situation, so I think Bias just got used to it and got used to everything and, you know, I'm hoping he's back. I don't I don't know if it's going to happen and it might have to sacrifice something else down the line. Cause, Cause that's the thing, you know, bias comes back. Maybe you don't get an extra pitcher, or maybe you don't get an, a uh, bullpen guy, but if it's me, I think he means a lot to the team with the defense and with the lineup, the way it is, you got high on base guys, and then you got boppers and then you got guys like him. He doesn't have to be, you know, he doesn't have to be this high, on base guy anymore they got like three or four guys who can do that just bring in Marte, bring in Nemo, bring in guys who are definitely gonna get on base and you know i, have I just wanted to
1: say my piece i hope he's back yeah definitely um it was a good day as Mets fans we're gonna have more days like this and they're gonna continue coming on hopefully like you said bias comes back but if not you know you're pretty sure the mets have a plan b um it was, this was fun. You know, as Mets fans, this, was, this, this is probably one of, the, one of the best pods we've done because of the emotion, because, you know, we haven't had this in a while, but we hope you guys enjoyed it like we did, and we hope to see you guys soon. Real quick, before we wrap up, I've heard the Dodgers have now checked in on Javier Baez. Last minute at the buzzer, they're trying to make something happen. Just letting you guys know before we wrap up.
0: That's it for this edition of the Rotten Apple Sports Podcast. This is a really good one. Great day for Mets fans. Peace out.